With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Welcome to the Pinstripe Valley Podcast, post-trade deadline edition. We are done with all that. Hooray. We made it through. I did not pass out on deadline day, though maybe the late trades made me think about it. So (laughs) either way, I'm Andrew Burns, joined as always by Kunshaw. How are you doing? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, it's... um. Been a bit of a weird week for the Yeah, this has been a weird week. It's it's honestly been a weird several weeks. If you go back to the start of July, the Yankees are 14 and 15, which is very weird considering how well they were playing prior to July. But now they're suddenly a very 500 ish team over like not an insignificant amount of time. It honestly goes back to like mid June as well, too, at the end of the nine game winning streak. That ended with like some games against the Cubs and stuff, but they've been very up and down since then. And it's getting a little frustrating if we're being honest. It's like not a situation of like being super worried about them making the playoffs at this point, but like there's just not been a lot to inspire you right now about like, oh, this team's going to make a deep run. Yeah, no, like the, the feelings we had in June are, I don't want to say completely gone, but they're on its way out the door. <laughs> Like how they still have a double digit lead in the in the standings is just a testament to how like I don't know what, but yeah, 
it just hasn't been a fun few weeks, especially. But yeah, this last week was definitely just odd. Yeah, and then it even included the series win, but it's also not going to impress us a super lot at this point to take three out of four at home against the Kansas City Royals. So, I mean, it's like, good. I'm glad you did that because the alternative would be embarrassing, but they were not exactly convincing wins either. There was there was one win that was like 11 to five. That was good, but like... Yeah, that was a good thing game three, but like one and two, especially game one, you won on an Aaron Judge walk-off home run yeah. and won nothing. So like, okay, score more than one run against the Royals, please. And then game two, I think, I think if I have it right, like I forget what the final score was. Yeah, but that was actually was, the eleven to five one, but that was when they scored eight in the eighth. So yeah, yeah. So it was just like uh, it was a lot closer than the final score made it seem to be. Right. Then the third one, they won by six, and Clark Schmidt got the three inning save because that's always yeah. fun. But uh, yeah, and that was just like a regular, like that was like I think the most normal win of the three. Yeah, and then they lost the finale, so it's just like okay, cool, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and it's and it's been a like a just an odd stretch. They've lost two out of three to the Mariners at home. That's the series that just happened that had gotten off to a good start with the seven two win on Monday, but then they lost back to back games. Tuesday and Wednesday and kind of frustrating fashion and especially on Wednesday when they were never in it really because Garrett Cole just got freaking rocked in the first inning gave up three home runs and just put them in a six nothing hole that they didn't get out of and you do not want to see that from your ace yeah no like you don't want to see that from anybody but like Garrett Cole he's there's I don't know what the hell has been wrong with him the last few weeks um he's had a very I feel like it was the up and down season, like in the sense of like the yeah, majority of his season has been good. So like, I don't want to, you know, like, you know, go off to an extreme, but there's been a lot more bad than I would expect or I'm used to from Garrett Colt. Yeah. Not exactly what the Yankees hope for from a guy like Cole to, you know, he, you know, he's getting strikeouts. He leads the league actually with 170 and he's been making his starts, which is extremely valuable for this team, especially. I mean, we'll get to like them uh, getting in, getting out of their rotation depth a little bit later, but he's been making his starts. He's been getting his strikeouts, but he's given up 21 home runs, which is already almost as many as he gave up last year. He gave up 24 last year. So the home runs have been a real problem. And it seems like whenever his command is not like on point then some very fat pitches get left out over the plate and if you look at like the zone from Wednesday's game of the pitches that got taken out they were like right up on a tee as Josh said in the recap yeah just again again not Garrett Cole like yeah yeah so that's fun (laughs) and you know, it's like we're not like saying like the sky is falling or anything like that. This is still a very good team. And I think if you ask like a lot of neutral observers, they will probably say the same thing as Yankees fans are probably just a little bit too close to it. But it's still not really comforting to see them play like this because it yeah. just seems to bring like memories of like the 2021 team a lot, how they would like have some good stretches here, bad stretches, and then there are like pretty good but ultimately not good enough in the end so that's not fun i'd go that far because like this 2022 team has already given us better more good memories than 2021 i'm more just talking about like how they've been playing since like mid-june has been very 2021 
like it was some, yeah, the... some toot plans, some bad errors, some sometimes shaky relief pitching. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure in that sense. And yeah, like like you said, like it's not hundred. It's not necessarily the skies falling. Like oh my god, we're doomed or anything like that. But also to what you said, it's it's not just like a tiny stretch where it's like it was just like a bad week or whatever. It's been kind of going on, like you said, since mid June, which is again to quote you exactly, not an insignificant amount of time. So. I don't know. Um, hopefully they clean it up. Hopefully their trade deadline acquisitions do something uh, to kind of kick, help them kick things into gear. I will say I'm happy that these Brian Cashman was pretty active on the trade market. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a very weird deadline because I know we've been saying weird a lot, but whatever. That's just what <laughs> that's just what this last week's been. But it was a very weird deadline because. I feel like most people would have given Cashman like uh, like a B plus or an A minus or something up until like 555. And then <laughs> came this Jordan Montgomery trade, which I just I just don't get uh, for Harrison Bader, who is like a really good outfielder for sure. Um, but I but don't. He's currently dead. Yeah, he, yeah, one <laughs> one for one, he has plantar fasciitis. He's probably not going to be back until, like, late August or more likely early September. So yeah, His targeted timeline is September. Like, yeah. I don't even think they're even pretending August is yeah. in the possibility. Yeah, so they are just sacrificing their rotation depth with Jordan Montgomery, who is not a world beater, but, like, is, again, now, I don't want to even say Garrett Cole White, but he's a guy who like goes out and makes his starts, and you know he's going to be there every fifth day. And more likely than not, he'll give you a decent effort. But yeah. they are like just he, calling that from the rotation. Yeah, and like Jordan Montgomery definitely has had a rough couple weeks or whatever, but at the end of the day, like he still does as much as he can, he can to keep him in the game. I know like Aaron Boone had this weird thing where he didn't trust him with their time through rotation and all that, which maybe it's not just a boon being weird thing and maybe there's actual logic to it. Like I admittedly have not done the research into this, but it still just seems weird to just give up a Jordan Montgomery just like that for a defensive center fielder. Who's not even going to play for a month. Um, It definitely seems like a move made for October than for right now, which Mm -hmm. kind of maybe just speaks to Brian Cashman having a, you know, more faith in this, this clubhouse, like this, this team, like, or just having good faith in this team, that, like, Hey, this is just a bad stretch, but like, you know, they'll figure it out and, you know, be the team who we thought they were. So it kind of, in that regard, makes sense to kind of, you know, make a push for October. Cause you know, it's not like you can wait till September to make these kind of moves. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just definitely just weird. There's definitely also some like unconfirmed theories that I'm a hundred percent convinced about that, <laughs> Brian Cashman got screwed over by the Marlins or just made to look made uh got embarrassed by the Marlins where I definitely feel like he had a trade in place for like a Pablo Lopez and then whatever happened happened and but he just pulled the trigger a little too quickly and sent my, uh, Montgomery away because I think if you if everything happens the way it does but then they do end up getting another like starter like a uh Pablo Lopez or uh Carlos Rodon or whoever then it's like okay now I can see it. It makes sense. It's not entirely crazy. Sure. But without that extra starter, it's just weird. Yeah. And like, I think deep down, I don't think that that's what happened, but it's just, it's just so strange to me to take away from the rotation depth when this is not like 
a bulletproof rotation. You have like Nestor's pitching well, but he's over his career high in innings. Montas is coming off the IL and has had shoulder issues. And he's another guy who came in whose trade, you know, we approved of that, but that's just something to take into consideration. Jameson Tyone has been very up and down. He had a down start after looking good for a little bit uh, after his early June, early July slump. So you don't really know what to expect from him. And Domingo Herman is Domingo Herman. And I do not know why the team is this confident in him, but my only theory is that they think we're like, well, we're far enough ahead in the division that, um, he's only if he would only cost us like two to three wins, maybe over Jordan Montgomery. So whatever, we don't care. And I don't know. That just seems very odd. Yeah, no, and like, and that's I think part of the reason why. Like, again, this is hundred percent me just convincing myself rather than anything, just to kind of make some logic out of it because I just don't see the logic in it otherwise. And I think that's why I've convinced myself that he definitely thought he had something else ready to go. And then just whatever happened ended up screwing him over or whatever. Because everything you just listed, like, you know, people were talking about the Yankees needing another starter. It wasn't the Yankees need to replace a starter in the rotation. It was they needed another starter. Um, And so to bring in a, a Frankie Montas, but then just get rid of a starter, it's really, yeah, I mean, Frankie Montas is definitely, you know, higher in the, uh, pecking order than Jordan Montgomery. So, yeah, he did still improve the rotation, but you still have the depth questions and issues, um, especially with Severino uh, and then him being transferred to the 60-day IL. Yeah. So that's a whole other bag of worms, can of, can of worms. I don't think worms come in bags. But <laughs> Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even bring up Severino in the rotation discussion, but he's absolutely something, someone who I think the Yankees are still planning on actually – from their comments, they still want to use him as a starter in the playoffs, but he's not going to be back until like mid September because they put him on the 60. So it's definitely like a big risk and you're hoping that he can get tuned up enough by then. And even then you don't know how many innings he's going to be able to give you. Maybe he has to piggyback someone. And I don't know, just like, it seems like a needless risk. You know, if you have one, one guy takes a weird step, twists an ankle, then suddenly rotation depth's even less so i don't right and for a guy who's like i i don't like he's he's better than tim harrison bader is better than tim lacastro but also tim lacastro offers sort of like a similar skill set definitely not the same potential at bat but in terms of like speed on the bases and defensive replacement yeah that's pretty much your guy but um i they must be really confident about what Harrison Bader can bring to them in 2023 as well. That's my only other thought. So what you're saying is Harrison Bader is the Jacoby Ellsbury to Tim LeCastro's Brett Gardner. Yay. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> what, hey, if on, what if on trade to Monday they announced that they were re-signing Brett Gardner? <laughs> oh, God. The ultimate trade edition from his uh, Adirondack chair in South Carolina or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he'll get more hits than Andrew Benintendi. <laughs> Ugh, yeah, that's another thing too. Benintendi is not off to a good start. He's hit. Uh, he has one hit out of the infield. Or no, excuse me. He has one hit um, so far in his weekend pinstripes, and it did not leave the infield. And that's not a good start. That's uh, you, not what you want to see. Not what you want, et cetera, et cetera. You want to know a fun but depressing fact? Sure. Like, and it's not really relevant because, like, this wasn't really like honestly in play for the Yankees, but Juan Soto and Andrew Benintendi have exactly the same amount of hits for their new teams. Yeah, Juan Soto's been there one day. Yeah. 
He's played wow. one game. <laughs> wow, oh, wow, wow. You're saying Juan Soto is better than Andrew Benintendi? I, I can't believe this. Analysis. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, given what um I yeah, I don't think the Yankees were ultimately in enough on Soto. I mean, I, I mean, I think they definitely wanted Soto. I think the Padres or the Nationals were not interested you, enough you, in what the Yankees This is the had. second time you've done that. <laughs> yeah. In our Slack, you're like, the Padres are just weird. I'm like, no, no, it was the Nets. Yeah. Well, the Padres um, are weird in their own way. Oh, but, yeah, yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. And to Brian Cashman's credit, from everything, I mean, again, we only know what, you know, the beat reporters and everybody's tweeting out and all that stuff. So I will give Brian Cashman a little bit of credit there for genuinely seeming like he was trying to get Juan Soto and or, or Shohei Otani, like, to generational like actual team changing talents uh but it seems like you know the the two teams that had him didn't want to play obviously the angels didn't even move otani which probably good for them because why else is anybody going to see that team right now because <laughs> mike trout still hurt and yeah. obviously the the nationals just i'm sure were like i'm sure brian cashman put together a good pro- uh package because i don't think from what again, from what we see, like I don't think he would be prospect, prospect hugging for a Juan Soto, um, but it just seems like the Nationals had their sights set on what other teams had to offer, and then at that point, you can't get mad at Cashman or the Yankees. Yeah, <laughs> the reports you put your best foot forward. <laughs> That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, the reports seem like that the Nationals weren't uh, as high on Volpe as other teams and analysts are. So I think that's pretty much it right there. If you're not gonna, if you're not amazed by the top guy in the system, for whatever reason, yeah, not... then yeah, it's uh, you're not gonna get him. Yeah, exactly. So, so but again, I'll give Brian Cashman credit, credit there because it seems like this is the first time there's like been in a while where there's been like a big name available like that where the Yankees genuinely seem to be in on. Like as far as like the trade deadlines concerned, I know right. they were in on. Uh, Garrett Cole and got him, but <laughs> yeah. Well, so Ben Intendi needs to actually start getting hits. Um, but we 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 should talk about Frankie Montas though, because that was a good trade that they yes, made with the, uh, with the A's. They also got uh, Lou Trevino, so we can get the Trevino Trevino to Trevino battery. So now, so that's yes. like that's just delightful in its own way. But also, Lou Trevino is a better reliever than his ERA is indicated this year by pretty much any metric that goes deeper than ERA, right. which you should do with the relievers. So, um, yeah, exactly. And he's already, th- he's already looked good in his first two appearances with the Yankees. I think Trevino will be a good addition to this bullpen. In addition to Scott Efros, who they picked up from the Cubs for uh, Hayden Westeski, a pitching prospect. And he has a good sidearm angle. That'll be uh, a very difficult for hitters to pick up and offers a different look than a lot of these other guys in the bullpen. So uh, some three, three good pitching additions there. I will say. Except they got the wrong Cubs reliever. Yeah, I, I know. I know that you're not happy <laughs> because you wanted them to get David Robertson, but oh, well. okay, I will. I will admit though, the where David Robertson ended up is honestly genuinely just funny. So I'm not even as mad about it because he ended up back from the Phillies. Take two. We're doing it again. We're running it back. Yeah. So I, I you know, I, I genuinely just found that funny because. I went. I saw like some comments from some Phillies fans, like he stole twenty three million dollars for us, and you brought him back. I'm like, yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yes, nailed it. Anyway, anyway, no, yeah. Um, honestly, outside of the Montgomery trade, I don't really have many th- complaints about Brian Cashman's uh, trade deadline. Like even Andrew Benintendi, like yeah, he's had a rough week, but I still think that like 
I don't remember if we talked about when it exactly happened, if we talked about it last week or not, but it was still a good acquisition, I think. Um, Cause yeah, you, as much as you want like a Juan Soto or whatever, you got to do something. And obviously Ian Happ was everyone's second choice. He didn't end up getting moved. So if Brian Cashman focuses on Juan Soto and Ian Happ, he's left with nothing right now. At least he was able to bring in Benintendi, which I do think he'll he'll pick it up. But then again, I said the same thing about Joey Gallo. I guess the difference is that Benintendi is more of a historic, like actual contact hitter than like he's shown here. And honestly, like it's he's just impossibly low right now. So he will pick it back up. But also it's just a little bit different in terms of like peak what you can hope for because he's not a home run guy. So it's not like the pre great Yankees, Joey Gallo. So like at best, Ben Attendee is just going to be like a contact guy who walks. So hooray. I don't know. Yeah. But as you said, like they needed to do something because the Joey Gallo thing wasn't working. I thought that it was nice that the Yankees got a, a modest pitching prospect from the Dodgers for Gallo. That was uh, honestly a little bit more than I expected, even if, if it's not that much, but Hey, we'll take it. Yeah. It was almost to the point. I was just wondering, like, are the Yankees just going to have to like DFA him or actually send a prospect somewhere? Um, or like, you know, maybe send him to like a non-contender, but no, he actually ended up in a good spot. Um, again, I don't know if it's going to be necessarily good for him. If in fact, the whole New York media market pressure thing was a thing. Cause I mean, LA's, not that much better than New York, I would imagine, um, especially not on a not on the Dodgers. But you know, we wish them the best of luck. Yeah, um, maybe the difference will be just a different set of expectations too. Like I think it'll be different with like Do- Dodgers fans like know what Joey Gallo's done in the past year, so they're gonna be like, okay, we'll see what happens, and if not, then they will cut ties with him pretty quickly because he's only under contract at the end of the year, and maybe right. he gets hot for a little bit, and he's, I don't even know if he's gonna play every day, honestly. That's that's also a very crowded team, and it's also a team that has its own uh, lefty, other lefty slugger that has hit a lot worse than he should in Cody Bellinger. Yeah, also, like, I just don't understand how the Dodgers don't have like a 35 man roster. Like, I feel like every time we talk about somebody, they just end up on there on the Dodgers. I'm like, I just get confused. Like, wait, you guys secretly have like 10 extra pit players on your roster that nobody knows about or nobody pays attention to? Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Dodgers are yeah. weird like that. And uh, honestly, like, you even saw that at the deadline because they like shredded some uh, excess roster piece people who would be useful on other teams and they're just like uh yeah you 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 guys you could have zach mckinstry you guys can have like uh mitch white or whatever his name is so yeah dodgers yeah i'm gonna go back to joey gallo for a quick second um his interview with the nj.com uh like that came out the day before like the trade deadline uh day was genuinely heartbreaking it's very sad (laughs) and i just want to like and this is something like I think you and I probably have talked about at some point, but like as fans, we just need to do better. Like, oh, yeah. the man, like I get that, you know, he's he, I get that he's been struggling and like, you know, boo him or whatever. That's one thing. But the man's just afraid to go onto the streets and like afraid to leave his apartment. Like we're doing something wrong as a society. Yeah, it's just baseball. <laughs> let, let the guy live his life. Let him go. I go to out to a dinner or something like that. Shouldn't be crazy, but like, I don't know. It's like, it's it's a bummer. And I know people like to use the whole oh, but sports is my escape. That's why we care so much about it. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Like you know, I care livelihood. a lot about my sports. 
too, but this is a human being we're talking about. Like to abuse him and torture him just like 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 that to the point where like he literally said like like because one of the questions was like, Oh, um, how does it feel when you're out in the streets? Like, I don't go out in the streets, I don't show my face there. Like, no, that's not okay. And I know me saying this right now is not gonna change anything, but just I wanted to put that out in the world that we need to do better. Because yeah. that shouldn't ever be the case. Unless it's a, a genuinely shitty garbage human being then yeah sure but by all accounts like joey gallo is a good teammate a good person like you know everything from the clubhouse like you know he's built a close connection with the guys and you know they all talk about how, how he's a great teammate how he's a hard worker and all that so he doesn't deserve that kind of pain yeah it's 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 just a giant bummer and i hope that we can collectively do better i'm not super optimistic but no neither am i because i just know people but <laughs> yeah right I didn't my part. I said it on my podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Um, I guess the last point we'll make in here is that Montas is a legitimately good pitcher who they picked up. And this is the kind of rotation arm that they needed to add in there. He's instantly the second best guy in the rotation after Cole. Maybe he's better than Cole. <laughs> Probably not. But um, but Montas is going to be very helpful, I think, for this team down the stretch. And it's nice to have him next year, too. Yeah, no. Um, def- like he's, he's the kind of number two that we've been clamoring for since the Yankees finally went out and got a number one in Garrett Cole. Like, it was always like, first they needed a legit like ace, and they went out and actually got Garrett Cole. But then it was like Garrett Cole and his band of merry men, as you know, so many people had called it. And I know the be- the first half, like, you know, in April, May, June, like the rotation was, <clears throat> excuse me, pitching out of their minds, but you still felt like, oh my God, they, they, they need that legitimate number two. And I know like the biggest potential there was probably Luis Severino, but you just, we just didn't know what we were going to get from him. And now with the injury, they needed to go out and do something. And they got, again, a legitimate number two. Right, who's potentially a number one if Garrett Cole keeps giving up home runs? Yeah, this this is going to be a test for him for sure because you know pitching pitching in New York is different than pitching in Oakland. You heard it here first, but yes, <laughs> but as long as uh, he doesn't pitch like Sonny Gray did, then uh, thumbs up. <laughs> yeah, but there's no reason to really invoke him honestly because they are two different pitchers, two different circumstances. I have confidence in him. I had confidence on Sonny Gray, too, but I will have confidence in Frankie Montas. Yes. Although Sonny Gray did give me my opportunity for my most favorite headline uh, after his first game where I was able to, when I was doing the news, and I wrote, Sonny's D doesn't delight. That's it. That's my story. This has been a very (laughs) worthwhile story, so yes. (laughs) You brought up Sonny Gray. (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. All right, well. I will also bring up an ad break, which is going to happen right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. So, shall we move on to the B-Ref update? Or do you have anything else you want to hit on before? No, I think we pretty much covered it. I mean, like like we said, overall, like just the general summation is overall solid, strong trade deadline, if not just a little bit weird. But what can you do? Yeah, uh, good deadline. But why did you trade Monty? Also played better. So that's uh, the podcast in like 10 words or whatever. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Anybody who doesn't want to listen to the full thing, just skip to that timestamp. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> right, right as we're uh, starting to wind down, too. So, yeah. Okay. Worth it. <laughs> so, to um, the B Ref yeah. Top 12. Yeah. So, the B Ref Top 12. First, obviously, it's Aaron Judge with 6.1 because he's just playing in easy mode again. Yeah. Um, yeah Still hitting very, tons very of home good. runs. <laughs> he's almost two full wins better than the next guy in the list, was DJ LeMahieu at 4.3. Nestor Cortez, 2.9. Gleyber Torres, 2.7. Jose Trevino, who's had a wonderful week, by the way, uh, 2.6. I think he's had three home runs this week. And my favorite update of this is uh, Matt Carpenter, which he's been on the list for a while now, but they updated his picture on B-Ref, so now it's actually him and his mustache and all of his glory. Hooray! Welcome, welcome to Pinstripes, Matt Carpenter. It only just happened now. <laughs> Anthony Rizzo, who's also been very good since the All-Star break, is at 7 with 2.1. Yeah, he had, a falling... streak. he had a little streak in there where he had homers in four consecutive games. So, yeah, uh, heating back up. He's definitely, you know, been solid. Our fallen prince, Michael King, is uh, there at eight with the flat two wins. Clay Holmes, Garrett Cole, who's who was shooting up the rankings, fell all the way down to 10th. Goodness. Uh, this with, is what uh, happens point... when you give up home runs to Jared Kellerick. I mean, sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> Clay Holmes, Garrett Cole, and Josh Donaldson are 9, 10, and 11 in that order, but they all have like one point or worth 1.7 B war. Uh, so it's probably just like micro fractions separating them. And then IKF at number 12, which I believe he's been there since last week. He's uh, been, I think whenever. he's been there for a few weeks now. Honestly. A couple weeks now. And That's I genuinely weird. am surprised by his face every single time I reload this. I think he's a little surprised by it too. It's like a very pleasant surprise too. He's like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> It's and like he, it's like um, your grandma just told you. Oh, by the way, I made some dessert. And you're like, oh, ooh, I like dessert. Ooh, he like uh, wiggles his fingers, you know, like, <laughs> like Homer Simpson. <laughs> and like IKF has still been like lacking in the power department, but for a little while now, I want to say since like the All Star break, he's been quietly decently solid. Like he has a two ninety eight uh, batting average, two ninety eight, three thirteen, three nineteen as his slash line, which is basically solid, solid, and oh my god, please have some power. <laughs> yeah, it's it's this is this is what he is at his best. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, fine. <laughs> I'm but, genuinely curious if he's actually if he's genuinely gonna run run into a home run at all or not. Yeah, so so here's the thing though, like since the All-Star break, yeah, that's what it, he's hitting 298, but it's also just an 81 WRC plus. So it's basically exactly what he's been doing on the year. So yeah. I don't know. <laughs> they should still call up Oswald Peraz. I'm tired of this guy. Yeah. But that's uh that's a topic for another day. And yeah. I do not remember IKF having a four-hit game against Pittsburgh in July. Well, 
it's the power of the pirates, man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, I, oh, I do remember this because he had seven hits in the two games. Yeah. Mm, he had a yeah, three game right. the night before. I remember calling that out, and I think I actually gave him the Yankee of the Week just for that because I'm like, I don't think it's ever going to happen again. Maybe. Yeah, we have fish memories on this podcast. So <laughs> it's like we say something and then maybe we'll remember the next week, but probably not. And definitely not three weeks from now. <laughs> yeah, I was saying you have a better chance of remembering than I do. Yeah. I'm terrible at this. Now, we'll say uh, Clay Holmes, it, another rough outing for him to end July. He was the reason that the Yankees did not uh, sweep the Royals because he got blown up in the ninth. Uh, three runs, just recorded two outs. So not great. Not great. Gave up his yeah. first home run of the year, which I guess is a, a privilege that we made it this far without the closer giving up a home run. But, uh, yeah, he's been a little rough. Yeah. Not much else you can say. Hope you hope no. he turns it around. I think he will, but July was not kind to him. No, it wasn't. And I know, you know, there was a lot of pressure on him and Michael King for a little while. And then Michael King got hurt and it was basically just, oh God, Clay Holmes is the only reliever we trust. Um, so hopefully with uh Trevino hope Trevino um <laughs> coming in and you know pitching more to his metrics than his ERA would help um Scott Efros? Scott Efros, you got it. Scott not Zach Efron. Efron. Not Zach Efron, who you, you and I have made that mistake way too many times uh, amongst ourselves. But yeah, I, Scott Efros obviously is having a very good season for the Cubs. Um, uh, hopefully he'll continue that with the with the Yankees and you know just take some pressure off of Holmes and you know they've quietly built back up their bullpen to be a strength. Yeah. Fingers crossed. And, you know, I Chapman, Chapman is pitching a little bit better lately, but I don't know. I, I will never trust him. So, it's, no. But like, we, and, we were talking about if, it in our slide. And if Lewisco wants to pitch a little bit better, as as he has been a little bit lately, then maybe that would help too. Anyway, yeah, but I, you were I saying. Still trust, I still trust Lewisco more than Chapman. Yeah, yeah no, well, we were saying in our, uh, our slide. I think uh, Matt was saying that, like, you know, he. Chapman would have to have uh, like a 20, uh, 20 inning scoreless streak for him to like potentially even think about trusting him again. And yeah. my mind is just immediately like, oh God, he's due to give up runs. Yeah. <laughs> In that scenario. Not that he's like, it's, oh my God, he's due. Okay. So here is what I am putting some hope in. Um, so Loisco got knocked around a little bit on July 14th, but since then, eight games, 6.2 innings, four hits, one run, one walk, four strikeouts. So that's a 135 ERA. This is the Luesco we saw more of last year. Not as many strikeouts, but hey, if he can be effective, then that would be a big boon to the bullpen as well. So they are making strides. Yeah, fingers crossed. Hopefully it was just a rough stretch and uh, August would be better to the Yankees overall. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, this would be a good time to have Gary Sanchez. Yeah, well, Gary Sanchez is also going through his own issues, but I guess he all oh, no, shows that for August. I meant just because of August. Yeah, yeah. no, that's true. That's true. Dude, also I love Gary, but I'm not. A, I'm not exactly pining for him right now because Trevino has made the, you know the catcher position fun and solid. But exactly. it was just an August joke. <laughs> yeah, let's move on to the uh, Yankee and Manfred of the week. All right, so who is your Yankee of the week? I'm going to reluctantly say Brian Cashman. Um, <laughs> reluctantly, I want to say reluctantly because, like, I don't. I'm still not in love with the Montgomery trade. Again, I can squint and make it make sense, even if. And like, I still, like I said, I'm 100 convinced myself that uh, you know there was another trade in the works that just fell through, and you know he just jumped the gun a little bit. But 
I still give him like a B plus for this trade deadline. Personally, again, Andrew Benintendi is probably like was probably the third or fourth best uh, outfielder that was quote unquote available, but he was probably the first or second best outfielder that the Yankees apparently legitimately had a shot for. They went and got him first week, notwithstanding of just not being impressive, but. He has walked a ton, at least, so there's something, I guess. Obviously, we've talked a lot, a lot about uh, Frankie Montas being a legitimate, legitimate good starter that this team needed, so kudos on that. Lou Trevino and uh, Scott Efros, almost called him Zach Efron again, <laughs> are de- definitely solid acquisitions. Obviously, Trevino's numbers are, his ERA is not impressive, but everything else about him has, is impressive, and you know he's already made two appearances, and both have been solid, so if there's a team that which is weird to say there's a team that can uh, unlock pitching potential. It's the Yankees, which I don't really like, you know, it's not a thing I would have said like three years ago, but sorry, hey, Larry Rothschild. Yeah. Matt Blake, very, very good at his job. So yeah. And then again, getting a, a, like a legitimate, potentially one day solid reliever for uh, Joey Gallo, like a legitimate prospect. I don't he's probably not going to be like the ace of a rotation in the major league level at any point, but you know, he's somebody who will eventually become somebody probably definitely better than like you and I were expecting for Joey Gallo, considering the calendar year he's had. I don't even want to say the year he's had in 2022, but just since he came to the Yankees, it's been brutal. So kudos for that. Yeah, I think I would probably go closer to like BB minus just because the Montgomery thing was so weird. But yeah, so if you look at it, Yankees at the All-Star break versus Yankees now, they are a better team. They swapped in Montas for Montgomery. Montas is unquestionably a better pitcher than Montgomery. They made their bullpen better with uh, Efros and Trevino. And then they also added Benintendi over Gallo. Gallo was not working. They needed to make a change. Maybe Benintendi won't work out, but at least it's something different. So, yes, this team is better. The question is, did they need to get rid of the rotation depth? Because depth is so important with pitchers, especially. And I think... Something that it seemed like the Yankees were acknowledging when they had traded for Montas when Montgomery was still on the team is that, yes, their depth is important and that they would need to build that up. But then they, like, sort of scrapped that. Like, depth is what's made, like, the Dodgers so dominant over the past decade. And we won't harp on it any further, but it's it was just weird. Anyway. <laughs> and I, I will say, I don't think we talked about him already. And just, uh, I will say, like, I do think it's also, like, a testament to how much they believe in potential the potential of Clark Schmidt who's mm-hmm. going to be stretched out and, um, you know, hopefully, you know, we get to a point where he's being in the rotation or seeing significant innings compared to Domingo Armand. But yeah, no, I mean, it's definitely weird, but I guess you trade from your depth and I can see the Bader thing. Cause like you want some, somebody a little bit more reliable to try and take some center field innings out of uh, uh, away from Aaron judge. But yeah, like I said, again, it's a little reluctant, but I still think Brian Cashman did a solid job this week. So he's yeah. my Yankee of the week. Yeah, and I will not uh, – we've already talked a little bit long about Yankee of the Week, so I'll make it very easy for my Yankee of the Week. It's Aaron Judge. He keeps hitting dingers. My God, he has 43 dingers. Jesus. The end. <laughs> 31 more. Second straight AL Player of the Week honor for him. So And Player of the Month, I think, for July? He was Player of the Month in July, I'm pretty sure. Which is just funny because of how eh the Yankees have been in July. I don't want to say they've been bad, but they've been eh. Yeah. And – Aaron Judge has tried to weather that storm. Aaron Judge, good at hitting the baseballs. And on a related note, hopefully we'll get uh, Giancarlo Stanton back in the lineup soon because this lineup could really use another big guy like that because, you know, they're they're getting it from Judge, they're getting it from Rizzo, but um, with, uh, with Benintendi slumping, Aaron Hicks in a 
bad funk. I'll spoil it right now. Manfred of the week. Aaron Hicks is my Manfred of the week. He's not, he's not getting hits. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they, they could really stand back in that lineup. Yeah. I will throw a little uh, kudos to Josh Donaldson, who's had a couple a good, very good couple games. So hopefully his bat's coming around because it hasn't been around for a while. We'll see. But yeah, yeah hopefully like... that happens because they could use it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Who's your Manfred of the week? It's Garrett Cole. Yeah. Yeah. That was that's, an easy decision. I, I hate that it was an easy decision, but yeah, it's Garrett Cole. Come on, man. You don't have Billy Crystal to blame for a, a six uh, run deficit before I think he even got an out. Yeah. If I'm, if I'm not mistaken, there was no outs before it got to six nothing. He, he had got, he had an out at, well, after it got to four nothing. And then okay. he gave up the kill on a home run, and then it was six. Nothing. That's what it was. One out into the game, and you've given up six runs. Good, good, good job, man. Yeah, like yes, he did bounce back for the rest of the remainder of the time he was in there. I think he ended up with six innings pitched or five. I forget exactly. Six. Um, yeah, yeah, it six, was weird. Yeah. It was like a normal Garrett Cole star after the first inning, but then, but yeah, you can't discount it. <laughs> yeah. And I guess it's been the opposite of his last two starts, where like he's been normal Garrett Cole, and then just had the one blow up inning. Yeah, th- that did. should not get lost in this too. That like uh, they probably should have lost one of those, another one of those Royals games because he did not put in a very good start. Got smoked by Salvador Perez in his first game back from the IL. So six innings, five runs against the Royals. That's not good. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. Alas, Garrett Cole, be better. Yeah, he's looked closer to the Cole that he was at the very beginning of the season when he was still complaining about Billy Crystal and stuff. But like for pretty much every start between like mid-April and mid-July, he was pretty good. Uh, other than the blow up in Minnesota, but that was the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, Cole, well. do better. And uh, I guess uh, again, I will reiterate myself. Aaron Hicks, my man for the week. You've got to do better, man. And I know that like. Like, I think part of the reason that they got Bader is because they don't really have a ton of long-term confidence in Hicks. So, Which yeah. is probably fair at this point. No, no, completely, completely fair. And I, that's even with, like, he had played pretty well in, uh, for most of, I would say for most June of... June and July. For most of June and July, yeah. Basically, yeah. he restored his numbers to looking normal. And now they're starting to slide back down again, and they could really use him uh, not doing that. So... Ooh. Okay. Sometimes. Anything else? Or are we uh, we wrapping this up now? No, I think that's about it. Um, weird week. Hopefully, better things to come. Yeah, sum yeah. it up. Yeah, we got uh, <laughs> we got three in St. Louis when they'll face. <laughs> we got Jordan Montgomery against Dominga Hermana Saturday because of course we do. Yeah, uh, Frankie... we get Frankie Montas's debut. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, we, and we should say uh, he has joined the team late because uh, his mother-in-law passed away, so he has been away with the team. That is an unfortunate way to begin a new chapter of your life. So we are thinking of him for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And then uh, after that, three in Seattle, West Coast games that Kunch will not stay up for. <laughs> and uh, then three in Boston against uh, whatever that team is now. They had a weird ass deadline. Yeah. Speaking of weird deadlines, Boston Red Sox, what are you doing? I don't know. I mean, I. I appreciate them trying to tear it down, but it's also weird that they're like, let's get Tommy Pham in here just for fun. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah, train no, our catcher. Seattle... <laughs> we'll train our catcher across the dugout. Mm-hmm. Basically, the, the Ichiro trade from with the Yankees, a few, like, well, not a few years ago, more than a yeah. few years ago, like a decade ago. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that makes you feel old. And then, yeah, they go out. I don't know what the hell they're doing. And now yeah, all of a sudden, I, I like Cosmer that... is a Red Sox. 
I like the, yeah, Eric Hosmer is also on the Red Sox team, which is just exceedingly funny. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, honestly, and they're paying him the minimum. Yeah, honestly, like from their end, I almost get it because it's just like their deep their first base defense has been absolutely atrocious. And if you're getting Cosmer for the middle one, then sure, whatever. Yeah. Why not go nuts? And they get they can try to do better in the offseason. They are a weird team. And when your star Xander Bogarts is in the deal, he like did an interview. He was like, I'm not really sure what we're doing. That's a bad sign. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows what the hell they're doing. And um, yes, but yeah, no. And yet they are still not far enough out for me to be super comfortable with it. So I need them to just bury themselves. <laughs> Pretty much. And yeah, and if if Eric Hosmer is owed forty like five million dollars and the team sending you basically forty four million dollars to take him, you you do it. Yeah. Like <laughs> I guess this I don't know if this is like meant to be like a point of like oh this was good but like it's like the vernon wells thing when the yankees got him it's like yeah sure he's probably not going to do much but we're desperate for an outfielder so maybe he'll do something and it worked for a month and then the rest of 2013 happened i think he's had he has been like a little bit slightly above average with the bat so sure yeah whatever anyway anyway go go tune into the over the monster podcast we're done here (laughs) yes no Red Sox suck. They suck. Yeah. Okay. May they continue to sink themselves into last place. And on that note, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Pinstrip Alley. Follow me on Twitter at Marin's PSA. Uh, have any random words for any other teams? Blue banana camera. Good. Good. I, ho- <laughs> I, hope, I hope they all took that in mind. I'm sure Tony Larissa is thinking about it deeply. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> He's like the only one who's like, Oh yes, I get you. Mm, yes, yes, yes. That was in my dream the other day when I was sleeping in the in the White Sox dugout. So my actual answer to your question is: Holy shit, the Padres got Juan Soto! What an incredible, incredible deadline for them. And Josh Bell, and you know, they just got him thrown into the deal, and he's been yeah. an unbelievable first baseman this year. So yeah, absolutely, AJ um, Preller is just he he wants to get it done, and I I, he, I salute him for it. I respect it. I respect yeah. it. I salute and it more than uh, I salute it more than the Orioles just dumping whoever's good around, basically. So. Oh yeah, that's my other thing. I am so mad at the Orioles because I need them to finish in fourth this year, and they're trying their damnedest to finish last. Jerks, jerks. Right. And you, you would think that they're two games at whatever. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go Padres. Don't go Orioles. Um, well, well, but but Yankees... do go Orioles so that they're better than the Red Sox. <laughs> well, yeah. And but, hopefully my Yankees over Padres World Series pick pans out. Whoop, whoop, whoop. All right. That'll do it for us. Take care. Bye. See you.